What's up, everybody? We're back on another edition of our Sunday Scary Stock Talk, where we are both very, very hungover, and we talk stocks, macro, whatever, whatever's going on in the stock market. Dan, how you feeling? I'm actually not that hungover, um, so I feel like I'm doing our audience a little bit of a disservice, but what can, I mean, I, I did my best. I did my best last night to show up hungover today, and it just didn't work out that way. So, you know, every now and then you take the L. I'm, I'm taking the L here. I feel actually like a million bucks. Unreal. Unreal. The lack of dedication to content on, you know, one of our members of the team, I'm not going to name names or call them out publicly, but it's kind of disgusting. Honestly, I showed up here. I had, you know, I went out Friday and then Saturday I had to go out again, just show up hungover for our audience. But, you know, you can't coach my kind of effort. Not everybody's got the kind of dedication that I have. I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, but you know, here I am showing up time in time out. I was, right. I was absolutely ripping vodka sodas last night and still nothing. So I don't know, maybe just too much water for me. Maybe uh, nix the soda, nix the soda next week. Yeah, vodka sodas, yeah, that, I don't know. With those, I never really get super hungover. So I was drinking some nooners. I got ripped up, ripped a new one for drinking nooners yesterday. Um, shout out to this random girl at the bar that said I'm, I'm pussy because I drink high nooners. <laughs> But anyway, um, we're going to get into our Sunday Scary Stock Talk. So we're changing up the format a little bit. Um, So normally we just kind of give our macro minute and we go into a stock. uh, But now we're going to uh, take a deep dive into an overall sector. Uh, So what we're going to do, we're going to explain the sector, explain some of the key metrics that we look at. Uh, you know, some of the big players in that comp in that, and then we'll break each company down in the following weeks. Um, and uh, yeah, just give our overall opinion on how we're feeling about the sector. Uh, so the uh, yeah, so anything I'm, I'm kind of missing there? I don't know, my brain's still fuzzy. No, I think that's right. I think we'll, we'll keep the macro minute. And then we'll do this will be like the first week of every month, we'll do a, you know, roughly speaking, we'll do like a sector overview. Um, and you'll find out today that we're going to do like a Bitcoin mining sector this week. Um, and then in the like next two, three, four weeks after that sector overview, we'll go, we'll do like our traditional deep dive into a single company. So yeah, it's not too different, except now we're just trying to, we're trying to group things together because we found ourselves bouncing from one sector to the next week to week. And um, you know, I think we just kind of want to consolidate things and stick in one sector. And then this is also going to help us do like company side-by-side comparisons, and it'll be fresh on the reader's mind and the listener's mind. If we stay within a sector for a couple of weeks in a row, easier to do company side-by-side comparisons. So. Exactly. Let us know, right. let us know, let us know if you like this format or the last format. I mean, that's, we're here to please you as the audience. Uh, that's why we that's why we go out and drink hard Fridays and Saturdays and show up here to talk with you on Sundays. Exactly. You know, this kind of dedication to content is un- is unbelievable. Top notch. Can't be matched. All right. Let's get into our macro minute. We had a lot of earnings last week, namely Facebook, uh, Amazon. And then we also saw some wild things with Snap um, shooting up big after hours. So um, for those of you that didn't see. Facebook tanked earnings uh, yet again. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but uh, they tanked earnings pretty bad, and they had the the largest loss and uh, the largest dip in overall valuation. And uh, I think the 
entire history. So um, their stock plummeted 23% in one day uh, after very, very poor earnings. Um, so Facebook slash Meta, whatever you want to call it now, uh, still like their, their earnings report was still kind of blaming uh, Apple for their privacy changes, which I don't like. I mean, to be honest, like if I was a Facebook holder now, I'd be very, very worried. Um, we kind of talk about this, uh, you know, a decent amount because I think Facebook meta, the metaverse is all kind of wrapped in or people grouping in with this whole crypto uh, web three, like, you know, movement. Um, and, and we obviously aren't, aren't really big fans of that. Um, and uh, in my opinion, you know, even if you wanted to hedge your bets and invest into the metaverse, this past earnings, you should be pretty worried because essentially Facebook's, you know, losing ad revenue each, each, uh, each quarter, and uh, they're blaming Facebook, or they're blaming Apple. And so essentially, the only way I think that they can, you know, re- recoup some of that is by putting up billboards and shit in the metaverse. And if, uh, you know, the metaverse flops, all these other big companies that put something in it, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt them to have a small failure, whereas Facebook meta is going kind of all in on this. What are your thoughts on Facebook's the earnings, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I don't know. I don't own Facebook. I don't like the company or Meta. Um, I did. Did you see the meme going around, Brandon? With uh, it's a picture of Bezos shirtless on the beach, just looking absolutely ripped. And then right next to it, it was uh, like Zuckerberg's character in the metaverse wearing like a skeleton outfit. It was like Facebook's earnings versus Amazon's earnings. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely up there for meme of the week for me um <laughs> but yeah i don't know i like it just shows you that facebook doesn't have much of a moat this is they're so dependent on ad revenue and they get ad revenue by selling advertisers access to your personal data apple doesn't want to give away your personal data at least not to, they don't want to give away your data on third-party apps who knows what they're doing with your data on their own stuff um but yeah i mean this is it just, it just shows you that Facebook kind of has this lack of a moat at the moment. Now they're obviously diving into the metaverse. My bet is that they'll do something similar to what you said. They'll throw up advertisers in the metaverse and then they'll just track all of this stuff on their own. They won't have to rely on Apple uh, because you'll get into the metaverse through like an Oculus and they own Oculus. So um, they'll do that. They'll also probably sell like real estate in the metaverse and then take some fee. Uh, I don't know. Here's the thing, guys. Land in metaverse is, it's not scarce. They can build more metaverse. <laughs> it's, it can, you ever played a video game where they give you a map expansion pe- like package? That's what they can do. So uh, they'll do that or they'll, yeah, you know, they'll sell access to things in the metaverse and take a cut. Uh, I think I've seen people doing concerts and things like that inside the metaverse. I'm sure that they'll take a cut of like ticket sales to these things. I don't know. I, I hope that I'm, I hope that I'm correct in assuming people aren't going to want to slap an Oculus on for hours at a time, but I don't know. I might be wrong. I might be wrong about the fate of humanity. So we'll see. I don't, I don't I mean, know. We, I wasn't surprised by this. I like Amazon. I, I'm an Amazon Prime member. I order stuff on Amazon. I love that it shows. There's a warehouse right next to me. I love that it shows up within a day. So I don't know. I, I'm not too shocked by this. And in fact, I kind of like to see it because I, I don't like Meta as a company. And I don't like what the, the products that they're trying to make. I, I don't think that they're net good for, for a human flourishing. <laughs>
Well, I mean, we've kind of had this argument with Facebook almost since its existence, right? I, it's always been kind of polarizing, like social media, the goods and the bads and, and what have you. Um, and so, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on there where, you know, I don't think the metaverse is necessarily great um, for people overall. But, you know, we were talking about it a little bit on our last spaces, um, you know, Masa, Masa Suncap on Twitter, uh, you know, he, he's great. And, and he comes to a lot of our spaces, whether it's stock or, or Bitcoin stuff. So you guys should join us there. Um, and uh, he was just saying, basically, the bull case for the metaverse is you go to you go to the office, you drive, you know, you go in there eight hours a day, you come back home, you sit on your couch, and you strap on the Oculus, and you go and hang out in the metaverse. And that's essentially the bull case where all your time outside of work is essentially spent in there. It's not going to be like a little video game or or something like that where you kind of tap in, tap out. Um, and to be honest, I just don't think that people want to do that. I think like, you know, like we were saying before, it, it's especially with the, the recent, you know, pandemic and, and all that where, where there was lockdowns and people got that, you know, human interaction taken away from them. I think, you know, more and more people are like kind of, I guess, treasuring it. Uh, uh treasuring uh all right max my dog is uh trying to get my attention because i didn't take him out for a walk this morning but uh but uh max oh my god this guy's ridiculous all right i don't know where i was saying but basically i don't think that people want to uh get uh their i know i know i don't think you're saying I know what you're saying. I, yeah. I would, I would just counter it by saying like, you know, people, people already come home from work and sit down on the couch and watch Netflix for hours until they go to bed. Right. Which I also dislike. Um, like the number of people I meet that, that just haven't read a book in the last five years is insane to me, but they're in, you know, it's, it's the same people that complain that they don't have time to do anything out on their own. Like, Oh, I wish I could, you know, when we tell people, Brandon, that we start this company, a lot of people just say, Oh, I wish I had the time. And you kind of, if you know you figure out over time that they get home from work and then they order food in and sit on the couch for three or four hours watching netflix and it's like well no you definitely have the time <laughs> you're just not utilizing it the right way yeah exactly so i mean i don't know i think that's a little bit different i think from from what i understand of the metaverse and you know i could be completely wrong it's like net netflix you could kind of sit on the couch and be brain dead you know and you can kind of sit there and watch it whereas the metaverse I feel like is a little bit more active and it's a little bit more interactive where, you know, the only way that it's going to work is if there's like a good network effect where, you know, like you said, you go to a concert or something and, you know, I, f I feel like uh, some people get, you got to even like just sitting and watching a concert on TV, which essentially this is, is it would be a little bit more than just, I don't know, turning on the latest uh, Ozark season and just falling asleep on the couch while watching it. Um, but yeah, enough on Metaverse and Facebook. Amazon had unreal earnings. They killed it. Uh, absolutely blew the earnings out of the water. That was part of, partially due to you know a sell-off of a portion of their company. Uh, but they still beat the earnings per share even without that. Uh, so it shows that you know that the Amazon Prime... I think it's just, like you were saying earlier, it's just sticky. Uh, they upped, uh, they increased the subscription price. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but they increased the yearly um, subscription for Amazon Prime. And uh, that killed it. Absolutely killed it. Amazon, like you said, I, I think Amazon's a great company. If you're an investor, I love that, you know, 
everything comes very quickly. Um, I don't even go to the store to pick up just like normal things like, like paper towels or uh, napkins or detergent or anything like that anymore, because I'm like, why do I need to go to the store for, you know, this one or two items when I don't need to get groceries yet or anything like that. So I could just order it. It'll be there. And the only problem with that is I keep ordering things and realizing they're in bulk. So <laughs> I have like a shit ton of paper towels and stuff laying around, but uh, you know, I just don't like going to the store for, for that, that reason. So I think uh, Amazon overall, good company and, and they're still st- showing how strong they are and, and, and continue to grow. What do you think about uh, Amazon's earnings? I know you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I mean, I think the prime prices went up like 20 bucks or something, which with how many people they have, it's going to equate to about $4 billion um, for them. And I don't see a lot of people dropping it. Like, I, I guess we'll see maybe at the end of um, the first quarter the or the next quarter here, we will see um, if they, if they had a drop off in subscriptions, but I don't know. I'm, I, I didn't change mine and it's interesting too. I didn't get anything that says it was being up. Like <laughs> it was going up. So I don't know if I like that. I don't like price raises without a pretty clear thing that told me, or maybe I just get, you know, I, I maybe I got the email and I just didn't look at it, but I don't know. I'm just, I, I still think that with the, the amount that I order on there to get the free two day shipping, which is typically faster than two days for me because there's a warehouse right here. Um, I still think it's worth it for me to have it. And also Amazon prime video has like the best bad horror movies, which, which are my favorite kinds of movies are like really shit, shittily made um, horror movies. So I think I'm going to keep it. I was watching Brandon yesterday, a movie called a clown uh, where a guy wears a clown outfit and it gets, um, it gets stuck on him and he becomes a demon clown. So <laughs> thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Bezos the goat and then lastly um you know I think we should definitely bring up definitely bring up snap which was up 58.82 percent at the end of the day on Friday um so as my dog is playing with his toy you go in and and let me know what you think about snap bad timing I didn't follow snap at all other than the fact that it went on an absolute roller coaster um I'm not an investor in snap. I have Snapchat really only use it to take pictures of my dog. Um, and then kind of post to my story just to kind of figure out who's following me, who's, who's watching my moves. Uh, that's really all I use it for. I, I don't really like it for anything else. Uh, you know, in my younger days, I liked it for, for, you know, the, the, the reasons that I'm sure Snapchat was actually created for, uh, <laughs> you know, these days I'm getting older. I just take pictures of my dog when she's doing something strange and post them on my story. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't own any Snapchat either. Um, but I think like, you know, because they're a smaller company, they keep having to innovate and they keep being creative. Whereas, you know, these bigger companies like Facebook, uh, Instagram, they think that they have such a large moat, but in reality, I don't think that the moat is as strong and, uh, Snapchat, you know, jumping up 60% a day, you know, but Bitcoin's too volatile. So yeah, I'm not going to invest in that because the stock market is, uh, you know, just safe, slow and steady and always up. But yeah, I'll say this uh, too. crazy I think, week. I think Snap, this will this will be the last thing I will jump into Bitcoin mining, but I think Snap, like there isn't one of their big things, their um, augmented reality technology, like the actual tech underlying it. And, and the AR actually is yes. pretty good. Like you can put little creatures and stuff in the pictures and 
Like it's actually pretty good AR. If, if you're, if you've ever tried to do anything else with AR, like it's real glitchy. Snapchat's is surprisingly very smooth. Yeah. And, and because of Snapchat's size relative to, to Facebook and meta, I, I think it's just, you know, one of those things where they have to, uh, you know, innovate because of, you know, if they don't, they're going to, they're going to fall. And, uh, yeah. And I think like, there's some aspect of that, that, that makes, uh, you know, snap, like, you know, maybe a good company to look into in the future. Um, but anyway, let's get into our sector overview. So as Dan mentioned a little bit earlier, we're going to be going through Bitcoin mining. Um, so I know we got a, we got a mixed audience. We have some people that are, you know, into Bitcoin, but not into stocks and some people that are into stocks, but not into Bitcoin. Well, here's like a little bit of a mix of both. Um, so generally what is Bitcoin mining? So Bitcoin, you know, I, I'm sure everybody here ha- has heard of it at some point in time, um, you know, now, but Bitcoin's growing in popularity and more in institutions and countries like El Salvador are adopting it uh, as legal tender. But in order for the Bitcoin network to really thrive, it requires mining uh, to be consistently uh, consistently done and, and put Bitcoin back into uh, circulation. And so essentially, it's, it's the way that the Bitcoin network confirms a transaction on the blockchain and maintains and develops a, the Bitcoin uh, blockchain ledger. And uh, essentially, you know, miners are, are computers that are trying to find a solution um, and uh, mine the next block. And in that block, um, there's Satoshis or Sats, pieces of Bitcoin. Um, in some cases, I think even recently we saw, you know, some blocks containing uh, six and a quarter full Bitcoins or something like that. So, um, you know, sometimes you could get lucky and, and do all that and, and, and get, uh, you know, a large amount of Bitcoin. But uh, generally speaking, it's, uh, you know, a little bit less in, in fractions of Bitcoin. And from there... Um, yeah, that that essentially, you know, incentivizes um, Bitcoin miners to keep on keeping on and uh, using that energy to to mine Bitcoin. Um, and so a couple of the big names in this sector are BitFarms, HUD8 Mining, Marathon and Marathon Digital. Uh, so those are the three that we'll probably be going over in the next um in the next three weeks, uh, if y'all have any suggestions of other companies or anything that you want us to look at too, you know, feel free to reach out and we'd be more than happy to do that. Um, but yeah, what are some of the key metrics and considerations that you look at when uh, looking into Bitcoin mining companies, Dan? What are you doing? I've had a spill. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is this, this. <laughs> this podcast is in shambles we got my dog just losing his mind over here because i haven't taken a walk we got dan spilling coffees everywhere oh man i've had a spill all right well wait (laughs) hold on this is electric (laughs) all right i think i'm okay i didn't spill that much but i spilled it right on of course all my usb ports so um Uh, great I've done this before when I first got this laptop, which was not a cheap laptop. Uh, I spilled a beer on it. Like in wow, the, flex. Spilled a beer on it. First week I had it. <laughs> I'm going to do this so we can keep it uh, work with gravity. Um, yeah, so I want to clarify a few things. So, so the Bitcoin network, um, is the, it's built on a blockchain, right? I'm, I'm sure most people know that. So every transaction that happens, go, it goes onto a blockchain. It's also known as a ledger. And in Bitcoin's case, it's completely decentralized. And the way that blocks are added to that blockchain, the way that the transactions are verified and added to the actual blockchain 
are through actions of miners, right? So the miners use computers to uh, solve problems. I hate when they say it's a complex problem. It's not really a complex problem. They're essentially making millions and millions of guesses at hashing out a, a like a string of of numbers and letters for the block itself. And then the first computer that finds the solution to that, that finds the actual um, block, the hash for the block, that computer uh, kind of wins the prize. Now, if you're a solo miner, you get a, like, you get the full Bitcoin prize for that block. So over time, the prize for the Bitcoin block goes down. Um, you, you know, you were saying you like you can get six and a quarter. Well, that's the current prize for a single block. You get fractions of that when you are taking your miner and pointing it towards a mining pool that distributes the um, the the reward to everybody that's in that pool, right? So most miners just take their miner and they point their hash rate or their hash power towards a pool of other people that are doing the same. And then if that pool, if a computer in that pool finds the right hash, then the prize, the Bitcoin prize is spread to everybody that's been pointing to that pool. So that's what it is. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, the the things that you need to consider here are hash rate, which is how much how much uh, the dedication here is unbelievable for people that are just listening and not watching. I'm my I'm, I'm holding my computer in the air, um, but yeah. So the, the things that you need to consider here are like hash rate, how much hashing a company is actually doing, um, and like. The reason you need to, to consider that is because that's how much energy they're using, right? So higher hash rate is more energy. And uh, people will tell you that this energy usage is a terrible thing, but uh, it's really just not the, it's not the case. They'll tell you, oh, it uses more energy than small countries like Argentina. Well, you know, insert, insert meme here. What else does Christmas lights, uh, you know, all of these things. So hash rate's important. Um geopolitical stability has become more and more important. Like you look at what's happening, what happened last summer in China, China banned all Bitcoin miners, right? So you obviously wouldn't want to be too invested in a company that has all of their mining operations in a country that has historically not been uh, friendly towards Bitcoin mining. Um, We're seeing the same thing now in Kazakhstan, although it's not strictly because they're not friendly towards mining. They're kicking miners off the grid because they've got um, not enough energy to heat houses and things like that. There's also some political instability that that just caused rolling internet block blackouts, which also kicked miners off the grid. And then you've got people like Russia, which is right north of Kazakhstan, that is starting to take maybe a more friendly stance towards Bitcoin mining. And so you might see a bunch of people jump from Kazakhstan up into Russia. So even if you're invested in a company that has miners in or mining operations in Kazakhstan, like if you're in Kazakhstan and you can't get into Russia or China, it's going to be difficult to move those miners. So if Kazakhstan all of a sudden shuts down mining operations, like a company is going to have a hard time moving those over to Canada or the US, et cetera, et cetera. So you need to consider geopolitical stability. Some of the other things I've written down here, like Bitcoin on the balance sheet, a lot of these Bitcoin mining companies will actually hold the Bitcoin that they mine. And that puts them like long-term, I like that because I'm a believer in Bitcoin but it could cause some short-term stability or instability, short to medium-term volatility. You know, obviously the Bitcoin price is volatile. I think that volatility goes down over time. So it's a good long-term play for me to have Bitcoin on the balance sheet. And then innovation, like how innovative are you being? Uh, 
there's um, emerging technologies right now, like immersion cooling. So one of the things, so these Bitcoin miners, obviously producing a bunch of taking energy and trying to solve complex problems. That means the mining rigs themselves get extremely hot and need to be cooled. So better cooling techniques um, are, are, you know, companies are working on that. Things like immersion cooling, putting them underwater to keep them cool. If they're doing things like that, that's going to make the mining rigs last longer, which means they're going to have to spend less on repairs and replacements. And then developing things like new ASIC mining chips. That's the actual computer chip itself. Can you make it more efficient so you get more hashes per amount of energy used? Things like that. That drives down their energy usage cost. <clears throat> so, sorry, I'm like, <laughs> like um, uh, my... I hit biceps yesterday, Brandon. So holding my computer up like oh. this is going to get a little tiring. But that's what I've got. Those are like oh, things man. that those are things that like uh, I think you need to consider when you start looking at companies in this space. Hash rate, how much power they're using, how much hashing are they doing on the network, uh, geopolitical stability, how much Bitcoin they're actually holding on their balance sheet, and then or how how innovative are they being? I think too another thing to look at, um, you know, is, is along in the innovation is is like what kind of energy sources are are they getting, or how are they, um, you know, use obtaining this energy to to mine. So we've had, you know, there's Great American Mining Company is not a public company um, at least yet, but uh, they use like flare gas uh, that would just be wasted energy that'd be sent up into the atmosphere um, during you know, oil mining, I believe. Um, and they use that to mine Bitcoin. So I would also look at, you know, how sustainable is the energy sources that they're using, um, you know, and, and, and how, how easily can they obtain that energy? And uh, not only that, um, you know, like, uh, I guess, how, how cheap can, it, can they get it to, to obtain that energy? So whether it's like hydro, um, wind, solar, all that kind of stuff, um, are they finding ways to get obtain energy and, and make it a lot cheaper uh, as well? And so, uh, yeah, I'll I'll add one thing to that. So it's like, yeah, I I think what what mining companies have to do is they've got to find the cheapest energy available to them. And so you look at like a mining company in the state of Washington, for example. The state of Washington uh, has all of these incentives built in for companies to use renewable sources of energy. So they don't want you using coal or or even what you said, like Great American Mining Company is capturing flared gas. Well, that's natural gas. And there's certain states that don't want you to rely on natural gas. So natural gas companies are moving out and you just remove, you remove like Bitcoin miners have the opportunity to come in and capture that gas that would just be flared off into the atmosphere and use it to produce um, Bitcoin. So in states like Washington, there's so many incentives to use renewable energy. Well, what that means is that the demand for renewable energy is up, right? Which means the price of it goes way up. Um, you know, demand for renewables goes up, supply of renewable goes down, skyrocket price of renewable energy. And so in states like Washington, where they think they have all these incentives in place, it's actually more expensive to use renewable energy. So, you know, I I get what you're saying. I, I, it, maybe it's important to look at. At the end of the day, these mining companies are going to find the cheapest the, the, the cheapest way to get energy so that they can mine Bitcoin. Um, and it's not as important to me, but one thing you have to keep in mind as an investor is like, what do, what are the regulators going to do? And in the U S it seems like there's a heavy push towards ESG and that regulators are going to try to like, make sure that these companies have to have X percentage coming from renewable sources. 
Now, globally, I think they're at about 58% um, comes from renewable energy on the network, which is something that, you know, <laughs> it's just something that none of the talking heads or, uh, or political figures would tell you. It's actually much more, it's, it's much more renewably uh, sourced than most other things on the grid. Well, exactly. And, you know, we've had Michael Saylor and everybody, you know, tweet, even tweet out, I think it was Michael Saylor, or either him or Jack tweeted out that, you know, Bitcoin incentivizes uh, using renewable energy. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I think like the U.S. is definitely going to make a make a push for it um, and require it. So I think it's just something to be aware of, um, you know, and when you're investing in these companies, I think you, you, it's it's good to know, you know, how you're getting the asset as well. Um, and then you could kind of base it off, you know, from there. Um, and then currently, you know, we we're, we mentioned a few companies um, in the United States, or at least on the New York Stock Exchange, there isn't a Bitcoin miner ETF, but Valkyrie applied um, for one. Uh, so for all our listeners in the United States, unfortunately, you can't get like broad exposure to these companies just yet. But uh, I believe it's on the horizon and it you know, the SEC is a little bit behind. We have company or countries like Canada and uh, Australia, I believe, have a Bitcoin mining ETF. I think Canada even you know, even has one that contains uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum miners too. So if you wanted, um, you know, I guess exposure to Ethereum mining too, you can do that as well. But um, yeah, so right now, you know, it's more so a, uh, I guess, just a single individual company play. Um, but yeah, Dan, did I miss anything? Yeah, or I mean, or just hold a couple different um, companies. Basically, try to recreate the ETF yourself. A lot of these ETFs have to tell you they have to disclose what percentage of each company they have. So, yeah, I think um, I think Valkyries will come through pretty soon. Um, I don't see why it wouldn't. I don't see why they would allow you to you know uh, ex- exchange individual companies, but not an ETF. So, and I think Valkyrie has committed that eighty. I think it's like eighty percent, or each company that they include has to have at least 80% mining Bitcoin. So there's other blockchains that have a similar proof of work um, backbone, like Ethereum at the moment is one, although they're trying hard to move into proof of stake. Uh, who knows when that's going to happen? Um, so I, I like the, the move here by Valkyrie basically saying, yeah, you need to, um, you need to have, if you're going to be included in the CTF, 80% of what you're mining needs to be Bitcoin. I think that's the case. I think I read that in their filing. Uh, the, the ticker for that, the proposed ticker anyways, is WGMI, which in Bitcoin Twitter parlance is, we're going to make it. <laughs> Pretty cool. I'll be buying if it comes out. Yeah, um, exactly. All right. So we'll get into our opinions of the overall sector. Um, so I'll go first. My opinion, I'm bullish on on Bitcoin mining. I think if you're you know, bullish on Bitcoin, you got to be bullish on Bitcoin mining as well, because there's, you know, one, you, you need one to get the other, right? So um, I think that there's going to be winners and losers in this space for sure. Um, and I think part of that is going to be the companies that focus more so on Bitcoin mining, uh, other than like altcoins are kind of like trying to hedge their bets, um, you know, by getting into either Ethereum mining or, you know, trying to develop something related to the metaverse or Web3. I think these companies that are like singularly focused on Bitcoin mining will essentially end up winning because they're just focused on on strictly Bitcoin 
figuring out the ways to make it most most efficient, find the most renewable source of energy, energy and uh, do it in a cheap manner. Um, and so from there, you know, once they focus on Bitcoin and do all that stuff and they, they figure out the ways to be more efficient, um, you know, overall, that's just going to be the companies that win. I don't own any Bitcoin mining stocks currently. Uh, I know Dan has had a, a little bit of exposure to this. Um, but I, you know, it's definitely an industry I want to get into. Um, I'll probably be looking at some of the companies that we're going to be analyzing in the next couple of weeks pretty closely. And I think like the ETF would be overall a good, good exposure to, um, for anybody that's, you know, not really sure on any specific company. Um, so yeah, of course not investment advice or anything like that, but, um, overall very bullish on this space. And I think, there's going to be some good um, good companies in there that that are going to prove to have very very good long term value and uh, yeah I think uh, you know that's that's how I feel about it Dan what's your opinion on the uh, the Bitcoin mining uh, sector Yeah at the mo- I mean I'm I'm kind of short term uncertain about it but long term obviously I think it's a great play I think a lot of these companies are going to start partnering with energy providers in countries that are open to it. Like, I think that's coming soon in the U S it's coming, it's coming soon in Canada. Uh, You know, it's like, you look at great American mining company, they're already doing this. They're already capturing gas that would otherwise be flared off. And so I think it's just a matter of time before a lot of these energy providers come in and partner with, with these mining companies. And I think that takes their value through the roof. Um, You know, the other, the other thing you could do with these is you could play them in a, in a retirement account where you otherwise don't have access to, the underlying asset, in this case, Bitcoin. So Brandon and I both use a platform that allows us to buy and hold Bitcoin in a retirement account, but that's that's not the normal right now. And so if you're looking at wanting to have exposure to Bitcoin in your in one of these accounts, you could easily just find one of these mining companies that holds all of the Bitcoin that they mine. Like I think HUD-8 holds all of the Bitcoin that they mine or, or a good chunk of it. Um, and so throwing some HUD-8 into your retirement account might might be a way to get exposure to Bitcoin. Obviously, that's not investing advice, especially with HUD-8, because I'm currently down about 38% on HUD-8. <laughs> so, you know, um, invest invest at your, uh, at your own, I don't know. <laughs> don't take what I'm saying as, as advice is what I'm trying to say. Um, I'm still flustered from the spill, from Spillgate here. So, um yeah, I, I don't know. I see you, you cut out your degrees in the background too. So for those of us uh, just listening on audio, Dan's usually got his three degrees because I don't know if you knew this about him. He's got a PhD, but uh, that's the PhD. Yeah, the so PhD. he still see it. Yeah. Oh, thank God. I'm I'm glad you did that. But yeah, keep, keep going, keep ripping. But yeah, I, I'm long term bullish on it. I I'm it's now a regular buy for me. Um, I've got exposure to three different companies. It's not evenly distributed, the exposure, because I, I really like BitFarms. That's just kind of my bias here. Um, our friends at the Canadian Bitcoiners podcast had on uh, someone that works at BitFarms and just the approach that they're taking. I think he's called the chief mining officer. And just the approach that, that they're taking um, really got me bullish. Like, you know, we'll get it. We'll get into that when we cover BitFarms. But yeah, I'm bullish long-term on it. And I think you're exactly right. I think these companies are going to basically race to figure out the best way to get energy. The other thing they can do too, so I said that they would partner with energy providers. One of the things that Bitcoin miners can actually do is they can provide a base level of uh, stability or a base level of consumption on a power grid, and it's interruptible. 
right? So one of the cool things about data, uh, um, you know, these the Bitcoin miners is that they're interruptible. You can power them down or power them up on a fluctuating basis. And so if you look at something like solar and wind, well, there's periods where you've got a ton of solar or a ton of wind and then periods when you don't have it. And that creates fluctuations on a, on a power grid that you might not otherwise want. So one of the things you could do is you could put a baseline level of um, consumption from Bitcoin miners. And then when wind is up, you take, uh, you know, you kind of, you kind of down, down play um, Bitcoin mining or when demand for that wind is up, uh, you, you shift Bitcoin mining energy consumption down and then people, you know, like, you know, so the power grid is, is more or less unused during the nighttime. So let the, let the Bitcoin miners run hot overnight. And then when people wake up in the morning and start turning their lights on and things like that, now all of a sudden, you know, demand for energy on the grid is, is higher. So you can interrupt Bitcoin by taking it down. So I think, you know, it's not long too, before these, um, these people on the power grid start to realize that, oh, this is actually incredibly useful to just have as like a baseline level of consumption on the power grid. It can actually help stabilize power grids. So once they start figuring out these technologies, I, you know, I think, you know, we're, we're already seeing mass adoption of Bitcoin, like a, a country just made it legal tender last year, more and more companies are getting involved in the space. So I, I don't think it's long before we start seeing, um, seeing these other things, technologies being built in existing, uh, in existing industries like oil and gas. So I'm excited, man. Long-term, I think it's a great play, like not, not advice, but I'm, I'm super bullish in this sector. Exactly. Yeah, me too. So um, yeah, like I was saying, I think if you're bullish on Bitcoin, Bitcoin mining kind of goes hand in hand with there. So all right, well, let's wrap it up. Um, you know, if you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and like to this video. Um, you know, we're, we're bringing you more and more stock talk content, more and more, you know, just content overall. Uh, if you're listening it to it on audio, uh, welcome. Uh, if you think this is going to be the first one that we put out on, on our uh, podcast platforms. Um, so be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast player. Um, and yeah, get it on your feed and then uh, look out for our newsletter. Subscribe to that at greencandleinvestments.substack.com. Follow us on Twitter at greencandleit, Instagram, same place. Um, and then join us too to, on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time for our Twitter spaces. So if you guys enjoy our stock talk and things like that, you know, come join us out there. Um, Wednesday, if you're watching this uh, live or on the day we release it, which will be the 6th of February, uh, maybe the audio might come out on Monday the 7th or anything like that. But um, if you're listening to this before Wednesday the 9th, both Dan and I will be at the Nashville Bitcoiners uh, conference or not conference meetup um, in Nashville, Tennessee, obviously. And uh, yeah, come come by, check us out, come say hi. Um, and then, uh, yeah, join us on anything else we're doing. Just follow us on Twitter. You, you'll see all the shit we're put, putting out. What, anything I'm missing, Dan? No, I think you nailed it. Follow us on Twitter. That's the best, best place to see what we're doing. And then um, check out this guy, Stiffy Biscuit on Reddit. Give him some upvotes. Guy needs the karma. So. Shout out Stiffy Biscuit. We out. <laughs>